Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. Hello everyone, this is Kevin Brownlee, and in today's episode we're going to talk about the most famous question that has ever been asked, and of course, the answer (laughs) to that question The question is, what is the chief end of man? Or maybe you've heard one of the derivatives of it, a similar type question. What's my purpose in life? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life that will be pleasing to God or make a difference? And the Westminster Catechism is who arrived at the wording that we're going to talk about today, which is, what is the chief end of man? So that has become the most famous question of all over the years. And several folks have even attempted to answer it, including Solomon, who answered the question at the end of his book that he wrote, right at the end of his life, the book of Ecclesiastes. But we all ask that question at some point in our life, especially when we sit back and think, you know, really all that I do is eat, go to work, pay bills, take kids to soccer, watch TV do it all over again, again and again. There's got to be more to life than this. There needs to be a reason for me. Many people say, well, I'm living for that two-week vacation every year. You know, the one that you go in debt over, the one that you work really hard so that you can go, and then you're too tired to really enjoy it. And then when you come back, people just pile stuff on your desk, so now you got to work even twice as hard to make up the time, and I just don't even know why you even went on that vacation. Or remember the song from the, the early 80s by Loverboy? Everybody's living for the weekend. Oh, come on, folks. It's a lot bigger than that. We have a lot more to live for than the weekend. <laughs> because when the weekend's over, we all get into a depression. I've got to go back to work. There's got to be more to life than that. And there certainly is. So what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That is the most widely accepted answer, and I agree with that. In fact, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, Paul says, Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And even the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, 7, says, Everyone who is called by my name, and this is God talking, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him for my glory. So you have been created to glorify God. And in all you do, you're supposed to glorify God. So that brings up another question. How do you do that? I mean, I think there are some things that you can do that don't bring glory to God, right? Well, if there are things that don't bring glory to God that you can do, then there must be things that do bring glory to God that you can do. What are those things? And that's why I wrote the book, Your Glorious Endeavor. Because I asked that question for over 25 years, and I've been researching it, and and I studied the Bible and found all of the places where that term, glorify God, occurs. And I tried to figure out what did folks do that did bring glory to God? And what does God say brings glory to Him? 
and I compiled all of those. And I've finally been able to put all of my thoughts and notes of all those years down into a book. And I've come up with 16 specific things that we can do to bring glory to God, to glorify God. These are things that we can do. Now, none of these things do we do to gain salvation, nor do they improve our standing with Him. Our standing is righteousness before God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross that we have accepted for ourselves. By repenting and believing that Jesus paid the penalty for the sins that we committed and wiped our slate clean. So we are very pleasing to God when we do that. But because Jesus did that is why we want to do things to glorify God, kind of as a thank you. I mean, we get to spend eternity with him and the things that we will be doing in eternity are based on what we did here in this life. So we want to do the best we can, especially the best we can in glorifying God. Abraham Kuyper, who was a Dutch statesman and theologian, he lived from 1837 to 1920, wrote this, Whatever man may stand, whatever he may do, to whatever he may apply his hand, in agriculture, in commerce, and in industry, or his mind, in the world of art and science, he is, and whatsoever it may be, constantly standing before the face of God. He is employed in the service of his God. He has strictly to obey his God, and above all, he has to aim at the glory of his God. Isn't that interesting? We're to aim at the glory of our God. So let me ask you, how's your aim? If the glory of God is the bullseye, how close are you hitting that bullseye? Or, sadly, are you even trying to shoot? And Gerald Bray wrote this, There is no theme more central to the message of Scripture than the glory of God. So we want to get this right. How do we do this? That's why I've been looking into this for all these years and was able to get it all put together and get a book out so that you can improve your aim, <laughs> so that you can fulfill the reason you're here on this earth, so you can greatly improve your relationship with God, your Christian growth, and actually have a full and abundant life of joy, as Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today, folks, is the release of this book. And the book is called Your Glorious Endeavor. How to glorify God, be well-pleasing to Him, and worship Him acceptably. I had come up with about 35 or 36 things that we could do to glorify God. But as I started looking at them, I realized several of them actually share a common foundation and that we could boil them down. And so all of these ways I boiled down to where I couldn't go any farther. No more root word or, or root method or root way. So I arrived at 16. 16 things. They're individual things. 
but they're actually intertwined with each other. Some of them are best defined when you look at the others. And they're just amazingly connected somehow. What are these 16 things? Well, the first one is prayer. And in this book, I tell you how to pray. How to pray as Jesus told us to. The four types of prayer. And actually, how to pray without ceasing, like Paul said. Which, for the longest time, I thought was just some metaphor. He didn't really mean it. But as I studied prayer, I found out how to do that. And that he really does mean it. And then I came up with, get this, 12 things that we can do as Christians that actually hinder God from hearing or answering our prayers. And so knowing what those are so that we can quit doing them is worth the price of this book in itself, because I firmly believe that God answers every single one of my prayers, and I want that for you too. So that's the first chapter. The next one is faith. You know that we are all given a certain measure of faith, some more than others. You can probably recognize that in in some people you may know. They seem to have more faith than you do. But I did find out that you can increase the amount of faith you have. You can also decrease it. But how to increase faith is really important. And it's a way of glorifying God. Because God says in Hebrews that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we want to be pleasing to him, and that will include increasing your faith. And at the end of the faith chapter is a section that's called the Faith Museum, probably my favorite part of the whole book, where I will take you on a visit of the Faith Museum full of vivid imagery and typology, a great way to learn all about faith directly from the Bible, from those that had faith and gained more faith. And how you can, too, through this wonderful and very memorable afternoon visit to the Faith Museum. The next one is love. The most important thing we can do is love others. Another one is abide in Jesus. And this one, but I was able to take about 12 things on my list of how to glorify God and boil them down to this. Abide in And that comes from John chapter 15, where Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and you're to bear fruit, and you can't do it unless you abide in me. And so, hands down, the best way to get through life is by abiding in Jesus. And this chapter, I will tell you how to do that. The next one is obedience. You know, the Bible is a lot of rules. But they're all for your benefit and the benefit of others. God is not some cosmic killjoy wanting to ruin your fun. No, God gives you a lot of freedom. But he also tells you some things that will be harmful to you. And don't do them. Or harmful to others. And don't do those. But when you fully embrace obedience, life is to the full. And an abundant life that is joyous and fun. I'll tell you how to do that in that chapter. Next one is acknowledge him. When we acknowledge God and all the things that he does and the promises that he has for us, life gets better. The next one is integrity. Do you want to stand out in today's world? Have integrity. 
Do you want to improve your job? Or maybe get promoted? (laughs) Have integrity. And God tells us in his word how to live a life full of integrity and rise above so many other people that are in this world. And that chapter will tell you how to do that. Next one is being skillful. This is a way of glorifying God, being the best at what you do in your job or doing things to the best of your ability. That's another way of getting promoted, isn't it? (laughs) If you're like really good and your business will grow if you're known as the best. This chapter tells you how to do that, how to be skillful, which is a way of glorifying God. Here's another one, influence. How to influence others and influence others for Christ, which is a way of glorifying God. Another one is image. And this one is really important. We are created in God's image, and we are to be like the image of Jesus Christ. No, we're not to be God, but to be like Jesus. And that is a wonderful way to go through life, endeavoring to be like Jesus, like a mirror image of God. The next one, and this one I had a hard time with, but it kept showing up as a way to glorify God. So I put it in the book, and it's probably the most important chapter in this book. It's on suffering. Yes, did you know that suffering is a way of glorifying God? This chapter tells you how to get through life's hardships and those horrible things that seem to happen to us in a way that glorifies God. Wow. The next one is being thankful. Thankful, or thanks, or thanksgiving, is a biblical term that is one of the most important words in the Bible. And in this chapter, I'll tell you how being thankful will greatly improve your life and bring joy to your life again. The next one is praise. Yeah, we all think that praising God is a way of glorifying Him. And that's true. And this chapter tells you how to do that. And giving as a way to glorify God. Yeah, we assume that. But did you know that most churches have a lot of erroneous teaching on tithing and giving? And I will tell you what the Word of God says. And you know what? When you do things the way that God says, it's actually fun and enjoyable. Giving to God is enjoyable. This chapter tells you how. The next one is study. How to study God's Word. Wouldn't that be cool to know how to do that? And to do that in a way that is uplifting and will give us strength and courage throughout the day and to help us get through our day, especially through some hard times. (laughs) This chapter tells of the lies that the enemy has most of us believing about the Bible. We get rid of those lies and get right to the truth. We also do this. If someone were to hand you a huge book, like the size of War and Peace, and tell you to read it, it'll improve your life, you probably wouldn't do it, because it's big and daunting. It's probably very similar with the Bible, isn't it? But I will tell you in this chapter how to break it down to little tiny pieces that you can handle for just a few minutes every day, and how to get something wonderful from those few minutes every day. And once you can study really good, We see a pattern in Scripture that we're to teach others. 
And that's the last way of glorifying God here is teaching others. You know that in the Old Testament, God told people to work from about 20 or 25 years old until they're about 50, 55 years old, and then to quit working, but turn around and start training others, teaching the younger generation. So at some point, we need to turn around and start teaching the younger folks. And this tells you how to glorify God in doing that. Okay, now you're probably, oh boy, overwhelmed. But let me tell you something that blew my mind when I was researching this and coming up with these 16 things. Seriously, blew my mind. When I sat back and looked at these 16 things as a whole, and was thinking about how they work together and are integrated in certain ways that are really cool to see, but here's what blew my mind. These 16 actually define true worship. Worship. Worship is more than singing, folks. These 16 things add up to the true definition of worship. So then I went back through the Bible and tried to find what does the Bible say worship is? And it always involves these. And I especially zeroed in on when Jesus taught on what worship is. And that brings me to the last chapter, chapter 17, which is the true definition of how to worship correctly, the way that God wants to be worshipped. Folks, that will blow your mind, as it did mine. Now, I intentionally made sure that this book was released right around Thanksgiving or the 1st of December, because this will be the most important gift you can give to any Christian, this book right here. And today, it is available for you to purchase at any place you get books, okay? This book is not a self-published book. This is a book that got the attention of a major publisher. And so it's available through Ingram to any bookstore. So if you walk into Barnes & Noble or any place that sells books and you ask for this book, it's available through Ingram, which is the one place that they buy all their books from. They place orders with Ingram every day. So it won't cost them any extra. So if they don't have it on the shelf, ask them for it. And they'll special order it for you. Usually when they do, they get two of them. So they put one on the shelf. In fact, the first retail outlet that listed my book for pre-order months ago was Target. My wife says, yay, Target. <laughs> so it's available there. It's also available on Amazon. So you can certainly get it through them or from me directly. Folks, I guarantee that these sweet 16 words will transform you to an abundant life of joyous purpose, glorifying God and being well-pleasing to Him, including how you worship. You'll also learn how to pray so God listens, how to increase your faith, increase your love, your joy, and your hope. And it'll help you get through suffering and help you be fruitful which Jesus said is how to know when you're a true Christian. He'll even tell you how to study the Bible, because the Bible is a big, daunting book. But I tell you how to break it down and really enjoy studying God's Word, and to do all of these things for His glory. So folks, I guarantee you, this will change your life, or the ones that you love. So be sure and give it 
and get one for yourself real soon and maybe have your New Year's resolution to read this and to do what's in it. Because a life of glorifying God is an abundant and full life that is very joyous. Have I said that before? It's joyous. And who doesn't want to have a joy-filled life? I know we all do. And then we can actually say that we know the answer to the most popular question of all time. Why am I here? What's my purpose in this life? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Thank you, folks. If you have any questions or any comments, remember you can always email me at kevin at bluejeanschristian.com or if you need me to send you some books, I can do that or even teach at your church. I have a couple of wonderful quick sermons on this book that have really enriched the lives of those who have heard it so far. And remember, you can keep up with my glorious endeavors <laughs> through my website, bluejeanschristian.com. Thank you, folks. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time, which will be next Tuesday. And that episode will be the five things that we all do that really annoy others and harm the cause of Christ. You'll want to tune in next time and hear what those five are so you can get rid of them from your life. Okay? So look forward to telling you about those then here on the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast.